And I think all IT and telecom companies have the same opportunity of, of, of serving their customers in, in living a life where you can uh, have a smaller uh, footprint. And that is what has happened with the pandemic, where, where, where kids are going to school online and we are working online and we are buying food online. And maybe it's a little bit too much on, online, but we can do it. And going back, we're not going back, we're going to build back better. And then we will keep part of the things that we have, have done online. So I think it's, that's why I've been been there all this time. And I think it's just going to be, yeah, it will keep being a key industry for building a better future for all of us. You are listening to Stories for the Future Season 2. Stories about fixing our future and about big changes in career and life. Stories about being a beginner and daring not to always know the answer from the start. And stories about creating the best everyday life that we can. My name is Veselmer Klavnesberge and in this season I will be talking about connecting changes. I hope you will join me as I go out in the world and talk to people who are making positive changes for themselves, for other people and for the planet. Welcome! Hello, hello and welcome back to another episode of Stories for the Future. In the next couple of episodes we will be looking to Sweden. Sweden, our dear neighbor and big brother, as we often refer to them as, compared to the rest of the world, we are both quite small. And often I think that the Nordics is thought about as one, or at least a very similar group of countries. And yes, we are quite similar in many ways, but also with many differences. Swedes and Norwegians do understand each other's languages, but in order for the rest of you to understand what we are talking about, we will, of course, do this in English. Today, my guest is Kristina Karlmark. Kristina has a business background and she has worked in IT and telecommunications in several different roles, such as change management, marketing and communications, IT development, training and customer service. In the 90s, she got into environmental management and she built that infrastructure in the Swedish telecom telecom company Telia. Since then, she sees digitalization as a key enabler for a sustainable society, using fewer resources and emitting less greenhouse gases. During the last years, Christina has worked in a corporate sustainability department in Telia. And going forward, she dedicates her time to paid and volunteer work that takes us to a zero emission world. Part of this work she does as a climate reality leader in Al Gore's international network of trained people. If you are are a dedicated listener to this podcast, you will remember me mentioning this a couple of times before, this network I mean. Since Christina took this training in 2015, she has given more than 75 presentations in the business community and in schools. She has gained a lot of experience as a public speaker, and I think and hope you will get some good insights 
during our conversation about how to communicate this a little bit tricky topic of sustainability and climate change. Okay, so just one more thing before we start. I realize I have to stop talking about the weather because uh, I often record these interviews a couple of weeks prior to when I publish them, of course, and the weather isn't relevant at that point. So we start this episode with talk about talking about the snow in Sweden. Uh, and now I suddenly thought, oh, this is not relevant anymore. We're in April. But then suddenly Christina told me that it has been snowing lately all over Sweden. So never mind. <laughs> Enough talk about the weather. Let's learn more about Christina Karlmark. So today we are going to Sweden. Welcome, Christina. Thank you, Veslame. And how are you? How how is it in snowy Sweden? I hear well, today. Well, winter's coming back. That's yes. a little bit chilly. Otherwise, yeah. we're we're fine, I guess. Uh, yeah. I took a long walk today. I just had to bring on warm clothes again, so that was nice. Yeah. Okay, but we are looking forward to spring. We could definitely, say that. Definitely. Definitely. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Uh, and I feel I'm repeating myself a little bit when I say this, but we met through the Climate Reality Leadership Core, uh, that network, and that I'm repeating myself because I have had a few of those <laughs> climate reality leaders on my podcast. But I think that most of all, that shows what a great network of really engaged people that is, and from all sectors and from all parts of the world. And today from Sweden. So we will start with the basics, I think, uh, what I normally start with. Who is Christina? Well, who am I? Uh, I am from Sweden, as you said. I live in Stockholm, a big city. And uh, when I'm not in the big city, I have a house out in the archipelago outside of Stockholm. It's like 20,000 islands. Uh, and I live on one of those, and it's very basic and rural. So I have both the big uh, energetic city to live in and uh, being out there in splendid isolation with no cars and lots of oh. birds, etc. So, and I, I'm married, uh, and I have two kids that are now grown up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just uh, soon leaving. One is uh, into life science, and the other one into architecture. Uh, so um, that's where I am. Yeah. So it sounds great with those uh, those two places to to yeah uh, switch between mm-hmm. Stockholm and the the more the the quiet place. Yeah. Sounds lovely. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And your your educational background is within business and marketing. Isn't that right? That's right. Yes. yes. I went to business school. Yes, I, in Stockholm. Um, Yes, in Stockholm and in Switzerland, yeah. actually, as well. <laughs> yeah, because what, what I was aiming at was that I think you told me that you stayed, but that was maybe through work that you stayed abroad for a while. Well, I, I've also gone, I've gone to college in the States for a yeah, year, right. long time ago. And actually, um, then I was going on a scholarship uh, and I didn't know what to do in, in my life. So I was kind of signing up for the scholarship. And then I said I wanted to read marine biology. And they mm. got me into college in the inland. So I never started studying marine biology. Otherwise, I would probably have been out in the oceans now picking up plastic, <laughs> I think. Yeah. 
Uh, but uh, I did a lot of other interesting things in the States. And one of them was art, uh, art mm. history. And that's one of the big things that happened that changed my way of looking at things. Uh, because we looked at, at beautiful pictures, photographs from the 19th century of Indian tribes in the U.S. Yeah. And my art teacher read a text from an Indian chief that he sent to the U.S. president in 1855 mm -hmm. on that they were so worried about the, eco the, the white man's way of looking at ecology. Mm -hmm. And that one struck me so much. So I asked to get a copy and I still have this copy to this day. And that was, you know, the white, the red, the, the Indian chief said that we don't understand the white man's ways. Uh, yeah. When the beasts are all gone, we will all die of great loneliness yeah. and we will suffocate one day in our own waste. And we are, you know, we're moving there now. So that was one of those um, moments yeah. uh, that I thought, you know, we have to take care of this beautiful planet we have. Yes, exactly. So it started quite, quite early for you, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you have this really long and impressive career in Telia, which is a for those outside the Nordics, it's a Nordic telecom company. Um, and can you tell us a little bit about your journey within this company, how it kind of evolved and through the years, and and maybe also uh, how you must have enjoyed it uh, since you have stayed for so yeah. long. I, I uh, joined the telecom industry. I wrote my thesis actually for Ericsson, realizing that telecommunications and IT uh, was the future. Uh, mm. And I joined them and I've been all over the place, almost in, in uh, uh, technical strategy, customer service, uh, internal and external communications, change management. And, you know, in big companies, you can do very many different things. Mm. And and fairly early on, I realized that that IT and and uh, telecoms was was part of a solution to uh, an environmental problem. Mm. Uh, and that and at the time, um, I actually found Al Gore's first book, uh, which taught me that uh, how to use you know this is the problem. How do we mm. how do we fix it and. Mm. Um, so I became the first vice president for environmental affairs. Uh, this is the late, late 90s. So I mm -hmm. built you know, environmental strategy, management system, reporting, uh, communications, internal and externals. We wrote news articles. We trained politicians. And at the time, it was called dematerialization. You, know, you take mm -hmm. material things and you make them digital, which is one big step of, of having less of a pressure on the planet. Mm. Uh, so lots of newspapers and music was going digital, the phone books, uh, the answering machines were going digital, etc. And transportation, how do you optimize transportation? You do it with telecoms. And, and that mm. has just been better and better as the years have gone by. Uh, so I've, I've always, even, and then going on in the company, doing things like marketing, etc. I've always had those, the way of thinking that we're doing this because it's good for the planet. Yeah. And, and it's, a, it's a huge business opportunity today, I would say, with digitalization and Internet of Things, uh, how, what, all the things we can do, um, yes. steering traffic, etc. So, so that's why I've been, been sticking in this industry 
uh, mm. doing different things. And I think all IT and telecom companies have the same opportunity of, of, of serving their customers in, in living a life where you can uh, have a smaller uh, footprint. And mm. that is what has happened with the pandemic, where, where, yes. where kids yes. are going to school online and we are working yeah. online and we are buying food online. And maybe it's a little bit too much on, online, but we can do it. And going back, we're not going back. We're going to build back better. And then we will keep part of the things that we have have done online. So I think it's, that's why I've been been there all this time. And I think it's just going to be, yeah, it will keep being a key industry for building a better future for all of us. Yeah. Yes, I think you're right. I, I think it's really interesting what you, what you told about um, how you read this book uh, by Al Gore, The Inconvenient Truth, I guess. No, and no, no. It was an or- earlier book. Oh, it it's was called, earlier. Okay. Yeah, it's called Earth in the Balance, Ecology and the Human Spirit. Ah, and it's, okay. it was written in 92. It's really Oh, that early. Cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's more philosophical. Okay. Uh, it is the human spirit. Why are we here? How do we think? What is important? And and uh, I think that was that was probably what caught me that part of it is very hands on and very facts. You know, this is happening with the climate, mm. and the other part was how how do we change? How do we make this good for society? How do we how do we leave the the, the gross national product uh, mm. as a key uh, result measurement? And how do we find something that is actually valuable? And mm. um, there's only one country that has something else. Do you know which country that is? Yeah, is it uh, New Zealand? Well, they they are they have included wellness. That's that's yeah. right. But there is some one country that has something completely different. Okay. It's Bhutan. 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 Yeah, yeah. They I have gross national happiness. Yes. Yes. And what true. would happen if we all had gross national happiness? Yes. So so. Um, yeah, that was the book yes. that got me yes. started. And, and what I, I was uh, thinking about is how you, you in a way, have incorporated that into your work and and kind of uh, modeled uh, in, in one way, I guess, at least uh, your way in in Telia as well, so that your your personal engagement has um, influenced your work. Yeah. Uh, yes. And that's really interesting. I th- I just think about all of us and maybe also young people, how you can actually uh, influence your workplace and create your your path there based mm-hmm. on your values. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's very inspiring to uh, inspiring to hear that. Uh, Especially since you started that early, it was in the in the nineties uh, before yeah. <laughs> a lot of us was were thinking about these uh, mm-hmm. things. I think, yeah. um, yes. So, but you ended up as a, a sustainability specialist, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that's true. And uh, what I also did, what well, you you already said that I'm a climate reality leader. So, what did mm. I do five years ago? Because then I was into IT and stuff. And then somebody asked me, you know, why don't you take Al Gore's training? And I said, Mm -hmm. what training? Um, And then that person had been to a training and he explained what it was. And of course I thought, you know, this 
this is my next step. How do I mm. keep learning? How do I keep getting uh, new insights that I can use and share? So um, then I applied for taking it I and uh, was accepted. And I, I um, took a leave from my work and uh, went over to the States, actually. That's where I, I did it. Mm. And a three-day uh, as you know, it's the most mm. fantastic experience. Yes, both meeting all these people uh, from yeah. all over the world, realizing yeah. that there are so many good things going on, mm. which gives you hope and energy, uh, and all the specialists that you see on stage together mm. with uh, Mr. Gore, uh, and uh, getting both um, state of the art what's happening in the oceans what's mm -hmm. going on, uh, and being able to ask the people from NASA, you know, what do you really think about the ice and the water, yeah. or the sea level rise, uh, and, and having all the perspectives, um, both the climate experts, but also politicians and public relations people and journalists, and, and getting, getting a big view on how do, I, how do I deliver this? What do I have mm. to think about to... to to actually uh, reach out in my own uh, community. And I think mm. that's really so good that he is um, teaching people to go home to contribute to local solutions because all the solutions need to be locally mm. implemented. So uh, that was really a, a boost for me mm. <laughs> to do that and then to go home and start sharing. Yeah. But you you actually took it twice, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. And, and it was not because I didn't get it the first time. No, <laughs> I didn't think so. Yeah. But it was, uh, then he came to Berlin and uh, yeah. it's very rarely in Europe. Uh, and uh, my daughter was then uh, 16. So um, I invited her to do it. And then I realized you could do it again. So I applied. The, so the two of us went and did it in Berlin. And yeah. then I got a new network of people, more Europeans. And yes. uh, it was also very much focused on, on the European issues, which was mm. good. Uh, so mm. there were the European Union and there was the, the coal industry in Poland and Germany discussed, so, and Ital Italy, Italian issues. So it, was, it was really good to get, get grips with the, the European stuff. Mm. Um, and I would do it again if I could. Yes, so. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I agree. I agree. Mm. Now it has uh, moved online, of course, the last yeah. years. But uh, hopefully we will be able to meet again physically mm. in not so distant mm -hmm. time, yeah. uh, I hope. But, but I agree with you. It's uh, I, I also went home with so much enthusiasm and and learned so much so it's something that you really want people to be aware of the this opportunity to to do this training mm -hmm. uh, because uh, at least in Norway it hasn't been that well known um, mm -hmm. so far at least so uh, we just need to spread the word definitely I think. and yeah. maybe right now as you said it's online it will be mm -hmm. online at least this year as well Mm. And that gives the opportunity for people who don't have the time or the money to travel. So it, yeah. it's actually opening up for many more to to join, uh, so which is good. Yes, exactly. And mm -hmm. and what we one of the things that we will learn on these trainings uh, is how to do 
good uh, presentations about climate change and like the challenges and the solutions. And you have, I think you might be uh, one of, or maybe the one I know that has done the most presentations to to mm. companies, schools, and and other groups, uh, perhaps about climate change and sustainability. So maybe you can share a little bit about that and what you have, what have you learned through these presentations and how do you connect with the audience? And yeah, you, you're mm-hmm. kind of the mm-hmm. expert here. Yeah, yeah. I feel. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, well, yes, it was, it was tricky at the start. You know, you've seen all this fantastic on stage with Al Gore and then you're going to do it yourself. Uh, so it was a little scary in the beginning. Uh, and what you do is that you you take out the pictures you think is, are going to work in your country and you build, you, you have all this fantastic material. And uh, what I have done is to um, always think about who am I presenting this for? Do I need mm. to put in something special for this organization or for this school or this company? So I I care I care about who's going to listen. I mm. I want to make it relevant for them. Then I know that the material as such is so strong and easy to grasp, so that people get it. Mm. They always get it. So it's not my thanks to me. It's thanks to the material. Yeah. Uh, I'm just there facilitating and then connecting it to them and to now. So I'd always try to uh, find something that's cooking at this moment, either yeah. either a catastrophe somewhere, because there are lots of those, to, to make them, you know, this is happening this weekend or this week. Mm. Uh, or if there has been something special in the Swedish media, uh, I, I touch on that to make mm. them feel, you know, this is, this is happening every day. And if I go to a company, I've, I have... Uh, the way I do this is that it's actually word of mouth. My friends uh, from business school are asking me to come to their companies. Mm-hmm. That's the usual one. Uh, and then I read their environmental report or whatever they have uh, yeah. to see if there's anything there on climate and environmental issues. And then I ask them, do you know what you reported? Do you have a plan? Uh, do you know mm-hmm. the plan? You know, you m- many times... Companies have really good plans, but they haven't spread them. Mm. And then at the end, when they have heard my message, I also ask, is your plan tough enough? Which is ne- yeah. it is never. So that is also for them to answer, you know, no, we need to do more. We need to, what we've now learned, we need to integrate more. So to make it almost like I, I, I give them a new task before yeah. I leave, which is really, really good. And the, and the reaction I get is that people are usually, even if we have a lot of climate information in our countries, people are overwhelmed and say, now I, get, now I see the full picture. Now yeah. I understand how, it, how this is connected. And it was a shock or it was, a, you know, some, it was like a sl- smashing their face, slamming their mm. face. But, mm. And I, I also end with uh, what you can do as an individual. So what can you do more as a company? And what do you need to do as an individual? So people tell me, I feel hopeful. I know that the solutions are there with renewable energy. 
I know that the industry in the Nordics is extremely innovative and can be a huge leverage in making more sustainable societies. We just need to do the job. And I know that I make a difference as well. So, and I know from the list that I share with them, you know, which one are you going to start with tomorrow? And it doesn't mm. matter where you start as long as you start and that you keep yes. moving. So it's not, it's not difficult. It's, it's more of, okay, let's commit to do the first step. And um, that's, that's how I do it. Mm. Uh, and I've done like 75 plus um, presentations to very different groups. I've had like uh, all the surgeons in a hospital and oh. I, I've had Google Sweden. Uh, I've done uh, a number of schools and um, big companies like Ericsson and, and Vattenfall, which are huge. Mm. And then I go to some really tiny companies that are in service design and IT development. And even sustain, sustainability management consultants have asked me mm. to help. And they say it's well, it's it's so strong. The message is so strong. So it's like, yeah, I needed a reminder. This was a really good yes. reminder. And then they can go out and and make new uh, solutions for their customers. Yes, exactly. Like reminding ourselves uh, about how we're working on what we're working on. <laughs> that mm-hmm. is like and get the the overarching reason for mm-hmm. why we're doing it. Yes, yeah, yeah. but but have you um, have you ever held a presentation where you have thought that um, you have maybe researched your audience and you have thought that oh these people might be be a bit tougher like you maybe you get some some pushback or they doubt doubt the facts or yeah have you had to deal with that yeah yes uh, I have uh, not really big time, but I have. And um, what what is um, surfacing is uh, uh, the dialogue on nuclear power, which can yes. be really tricky. Uh, and that is right now very vivid in Sweden. Okay. And and one of the things I'm doing, I, I've started to talk to one of the parties that is right, uh, uh, you know, a regular right wing party. And I will come to them. And that is very far away. It's going to be, that's going to be really tricky. But I think it's very important because all parties need to have good solutions that they can mm-hmm. tell their, their voters, we are going to do it this way. But then mm-hmm. they're going to get a lot of pushback, especially on nuclear power. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a tricky one. On, on the other hand, when you have seen all these solutions on, on renewables, and mm. in a way, you know, I say, if we're going to put billions and billions in alternatives to fossil fuels, do you want to put it? And then I ask, is nu- nuclear is, is not uh, emitting fossil, uh, CO2s? That's right. But mm. is it renewable? And then they have to answer, no, it's not, re- it's mm. not renewable. So, may, you, you know, using the nuclear we have, Hmm, that's okay, maybe right now. Mm. But building new, it doesn't really make sense when you have seen, you know, what's the alternative. And I want them to draw that conclusion themselves. Mm. So, so that's one that I've had. And going to that party is going to be really interesting. Yeah. Um, definitely. 
And yeah. but what what I do is to look for the solutions, uh, yeah. and then it's usually it's, it's almost you know like yeah, steering away from. No, everybody can come up with solutions, so don't mm. don't go <laughs> the wrong to the wrong place. And usually, people that come listen haven't been forced. Sometimes they've been forced to listen to me, not always. So that's also something. Um, but I had I had one of the big Swedish TV channels. All their managers, like 120 people, for four hours. Oh uh, wow! Yeah, that, that was interesting. <laughs> that's a long time. That's yeah. a long time. And we did, um, uh, and and I was not allowed to talk about the content of the channels, and of course I did in any way <laughs> because they, they, that's integrity. But I said, you know, how do you ask politicians the right questions? How do you frame this so people get get the information? Um, yeah. So, yeah, but but uh, what what about uh, younger people like schools? Mm-hmm. Have you you have presented to some schools? Yes. How how is that different? Um, it is different, uh, and what I've noticed with my kids going through school, I think um, when you are in the school when you are from thirteen to fifteen, they had a lot of of sustainability issues included in in what they do, so that was pretty easy to come to them. And they were also saying, you know, thanks for connecting the dots because they had had lots of dots in the school. And then I've gone to the the older kids that are from 16 to 18. And that was actually trickier. Uh, And uh, there we had more of those talking about um, nuclear power, etc. So it's it's and and what I've also noticed is that my kids didn't have hardly any sustainability training. In the older yeah. grades, there, which is really strange. Yes. Uh, so maybe they they also lack they they lack it from their their, their everyday um, school material. And there I come talking about telling them that whatever you're going to study in the future, you need to address this. And I ask yes. them, who who in here is going to read study medicine? Okay, make sure you uh, you know how to 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 um, address dengue fever because it's coming yeah. to Europe and it's probably not on your curriculum. So it's like, okay, yeah. it's, yeah. it's a little different, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I see. Uh, uh, talking about uh, audiences, I I kind of constantly have this um, nagging feeling that we are working within bubbles. <laughs> and I realized that these bubbles, they are getting bigger and maybe some are bursting or disappearing. Like, uh, like the, the people we, we uh, have in our um, relationships, etc. they're all very much the same as mm. ourselves, you know? Okay. Um, so do you sometimes have that, uh, that feeling that you are getting through to somebody that is, uh, like you, you said, somebody is forced to come, perhaps, so that you are mm. getting through to somebody that wasn't there because they had this, uh, were very much into climate change already. Mm-hmm. Um, or do you feel that you are most of the time preaching to the choir in a I- way? I would say that um, many of the people, it's not the choir, 
because no. this is more people that have not they haven't really thought about it no they're not negative but now they really got <laughs> rare so yeah. so i'm it's not the people that are against this saying this is a hoax because they're not coming so it's mm-hmm. more of an, an uh, of an indifferent or or you know a group that haven't really given it a thought that that we have the opportunity to to talk to so that they suddenly have new glasses and they will see the world a little different and then they will move a little different. So I think that's that's the crowd that I'm meeting, especially in the business community. And I, I tell them, you know, how can you integrate it in your your business strategy or your deliveries? And then it becomes, you know, then, then it's part of their change management. So then they get kind of interested in it as, as a way of doing business. Yes. And that's good. Because then yes. it's, it's, it will be on the agenda going forward, not as something you know you need to do or to be good yeah, to do. But this just really yeah. makes sense. So we need to understand this. And I was I was visiting Swed Fund, which is a, a state uh, uh, organization investing in uh, third world countries. And I said, you know, I I want to invest my money, and I go to the bank, but they're not so good at this. You're actually better. Why don't you have a fund? For private people, and they were like, "Oh, mm-hmm. I haven't thought of that." Or it's not mm-hmm. what they're doing, but they're so good at what they do, so they could do that. And then yeah. I would be interested in putting money there. So it's, yes. it's like opening up new doors to what if you use yeah. <laughs> what you do. Yes. And, and when I was with the surgeons, and I also visited um, the innovation department in one of our big, biggest hospitals, and we talked about the the new big digital thing is. You know, stay at home as long as you can when you're old or when you're really sick. You want that. And we have all the digital solutions. But what happens when it gets so warm as it did two years ago? So you, it's 32 degrees in your apartment and, and it becomes life-threatening. Mm-hmm. And I told them, you know, you, you need a solution for that. How many people do you have staying at home that are older or really sick that you suddenly need to cater for? Do you do you get a, a voucher to go into an air conditioned hotel? I don't know, but but this is this will be part of a, a trouble in the future, um, mm-hmm. in terms of how we how we give uh, medical service um, to people. Yeah. yeah, I guess that 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 would be a, an eye opener. So it's uh, yes, it's it's almost like using our imagination in a way in in both uh, maybe optimistic and and uh, pessimistic way to see how the future and the challenges that we will be facing in the future mm-hmm. will be, so that we are prepared in a way. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, so you are Swedish, and so is Greta Thunberg. Yeah, you you told me a little bit about uh, that when she she started her strikes. Uh, mm-hmm. Could you share that story? Yeah, she, how- yeah, she started it in the summer, August uh, two thousand and eighteen, uh, mm-hmm. because there was a Swedish election uh, the first week of September, and uh, she was already then on top of of climate science, and she was uh, appalled that. Our politicians uh, that have signed the Paris Agreement are not doing what it takes to follow it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she sat down outside the House of Parliament and she printed. She had a hand-printed um, paper with all the things you need to know. 
And suddenly you, you talked about bubbles. So in my bubble, mm. it was already in August. There is something going on by the parliament. Mm. Um, and that was when I came home with my daughter from the second Al Gore training. Uh, yes, so yes. We, we went there and um, met all kinds of interesting people. In the beginning, she was kind of lonely, but very soon people started showing up. Mm-hmm. And there were, of course, the young, uh, the ones that are, that are doing the school climate strike. And also other groups being in support of them. So we pretty soon there was, uh, besides the Fridays for Future, which is the big organization, you had Parents for Future and you had grandparents for future, future. You had doctors for future, architects for future, and bird watchers for future. <laughs> and it was really fun. And lots of international people passed by. So I um, usually pass every Friday. I made a habit of either going in the morning before going to work or in the afternoon before going home, passing by, hanging out for half an hour or an hour, talking to people, getting. Yeah new ideas you know this is all about finding new solutions and getting new yes. ideas um and being part of that strike so i did that like i think i've been there 28 times with her wow. yeah. and uh, uh she was actually um there was um a meeting um framed and on stage they had uh, two climate scientists two politicians and three young people and then Greta Thunberg was one of them. And this is also in September the same year. Greta, Greta was one. My daughter was one as a climate reality leader. And then there was mm-hmm. a, another young woman. And and the, the facilitator asked Greta, you know, aren't you happy? Uh, you have so much, you know, so much media already. And Greta is saying the same thing she's still doing. I'm not happy at all because nothing has changed. Yes. Nothing has changed. Uh, and um, she's really... On top of things, I would say, mm. and uh, the superpower she has, this uh, Asperger, not not trying to convince everybody, is probably what what keeps the energy inside of her instead of yeah. trying, you know, to 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 um, um, talk to everybody when she's there. So, yes. and now it's online, so for everybody to. And the next big strike is um, March nineteen. I don't know how they're going to do it because it's going to be online, but that's the next yeah. really big one. And and lots of people working in in the climate field are you know saying that the, the young people's movement is really what's giving hope because mm-hmm. they are pushing the system. They're pushing that the people in 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 our parliaments. You know, you need to do. You need to do something. You need to move, even if it is inconvenient for us mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that. Enough. Yeah, so so she is she's very much about the urgency. Yeah. Uh, as yeah. she says, that our house is on fire. Yeah. Um. And and I know that for myself, uh, after after the climate reality training, uh, it made me more aware of the seriousness of the situation. It's just the, all the pictures you get and all the facts, and it's 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 like in your face mm-hmm. and quite quite hard. But you also get all the solutions. So I didn't get paralyzed. Mm. I got even more um, enthusiastic and into action, and I felt a really strong 
personal responsibility, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so if somebody has to do something and I'm actually a part of that someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But how how do you think that we because you have this balance between urgency and uh the keeping the energy to to do something mm-hmm. how do you think that we best balance this and how do you do it yourself that's a good question um because the urgency is is very 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 urgent and the the trick is not to get paralyzed like you you say and it is to do things to to, to every day you know what did i do today <laughs> that was good did i post something on social media did i learn something did i hold a presentation uh, did i get somebody else to move um that that's what what i think is is the most important thing uh and um, because we need to and sometimes i think you know the corona which is horrible might be our our savior because it shows that we can act big time we can do it together the whole world um when when life is at stake we do things and and that's actually exactly the same thing with the climate so keeping up what we now done during the corona could help us but we need to we we i i heard yesterday that um the by 2030 we need to cut emissions by 45 percent at least and they are now getting in all the nationally determined contributions the ndcs all countries have to to let give them in and they should then say minus 45 percent for 2030 uh one third of the world's countries have have contributed so far the eu is part of that we know the eu is really very strong on this uh, despite that, it's only a one percent cutback, and that is yeah. it's it's like it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. So um, maybe we need to get the burning platform burning more um, yeah. for all of us to have a nice future for our children, um, because that's so, the big thing. Yeah. So, what do you think is holding us back, or is it um, money and earnings and yeah, jobs? the system, and the system is running on money and the jobs we have today, uh, and the politicians we have today, um, and uh, we talked about uh, um, gross domestic product as being uh, the way of value and and growth. That things should grow, and you can't grow when you have a limited space, which we do on this planet. So we need we need other um, KPIs, as we say in the business world, other ways of measuring what is good for us, what is prosperity, what is what the inner growth, what is what do what do I need, and and the bio, uh, biological uh, sphere is also part of this. Um, mm-hmm. But I think money is one of the big big tricky things and and something that i do occasionally talk about in my talks is that i ask people you know money what is it money doesn't Mm. exist money is just a story we're telling ourselves Mm. it's just it's like santa claus and we let that ruin the whole world 
because we still yeah. have oceans and fish, <laughs> etc. So um, another yeah. book that changed my mind uh, or was a coconut on my head, like you sometimes say. Uh, yeah. well, I read Al Gore in the late 90s. I also read um, Ishmael by Daniel Quinn. Okay. And Ishmael is a book about um, how this system happened. Why or why why does it look the way it does? And uh, he explains it like um, we used to be um, roaming around uh, for a hundred thousand years, and then we settled down ten thousand years ago, started farming, mm-hmm. and that's that's the problem. That's mm-hmm. when the problem started, and he calls. There's the the people, the levers, the ones when we used to be nomadic, you you only use what you need, you leave the rest. Mm, while yeah. our system is a taker system, we take, yeah. and we yeah. we have a way of hoarding it, and we can get more than we need. So it's the taker lever. We need to be more levers. Yeah, and that also like okay, it's we're not evil. It's just a system that's stupid. And how do we move to be more levers than takers? Mm. Yes. But um, talking, going uh, on to the future, I always ask people about uh, the future and their thoughts about this, uh, about it, uh, since this is stories for the future. Mm. And I want us to get more into the habit of... uh, picturing the future as we want to see it um because then i i i just think that it's um a better chance of hitting the goal if you picture can picture the goal um so how do you see it looking 10 years into the future what has changed what have we accomplished because we we do have to accomplish quite a bit Mm -hmm. in 10 years Mm -hmm. yes I think like one of the big things is um, uh, something that Greta also says, you know, educate yourselves, understand mm-hmm. what you're doing. And, and in that understanding will come uh, a change of doing things. So we need big time education, uh, both to young kids, but also to the ones in, in the power, to the politicians, etc. And there the, the climate reality is part of that. But we need much more. And we need it on also biodiversity and understanding the living systems so that we care about the living systems uh, and that we integrate it. If we now have, we have this, the, the, the system with money and companies and they can do good. They just need to get the right requirements around them so that it costs a lot. If it had always been a price on letting out the carbon dioxide, Maybe the market could have handled this. So it mm-hmm. must be the things that are doing bad needs to stop. And then you need to put, you know, the, com- the, the countries need to put frames on that, either taxes or or legal requirements. This is prohibited. You get into jail or never. Uh, mm-hmm. That's the ecocide movement saying that the, the, the ecology has rights. Have you been violating ecological rights? We need to get that in place so that we can still use the market and trading and getting these huge corporations to earn earn money on doing good things, not mm. waste. 
So we, we need to force them to be circular. The economy needs to be circular. You need to, because that's really tricky. So it has to be ex- so extremely expensive not to be circular. So you just mm. move into that. And mm. I actually, I was at a lunch meeting today with a, a group of wo- women and uh, a big car company. Uh, one of them was working there and she told me how they think about the batteries that now uh, will be the big stuff with the, um, all kinds of transportation and machinery. And she said, we look at four generations of, of batteries. The first time they're out in a car, then they come back and we refurbish them. Then they go back into a machine, maybe like, you know, some machine that's going on. It comes back and we refurbish it. Then it goes into your home to be a backup uh, on your solar panels to to. Uh, it's a home appliance battery. Then it comes mm. back and we refurbish it. And then it, it, it did something in the fourth step. And after after that, it is it is no more a battery. And then yeah. you think, you know, then they have then they have a really smart solution. And this is yeah. what we need to see all the companies do. And this is where where it's so in, interesting with the Scandinavian Nordic companies. They've been so innovative. Uh, mm. They could lead this. And that's what I want to see happen. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and for us as consumers to to don't buy shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be more, you know, buy from good companies and don't buy yeah. it, lease it. Um, yes. I don't need to own all these things. I just want to use yeah. them. And then it is the company's interest that it lasts longer, that you can dismantle it, you know suddenly you get another way of earning your money. So mm. I will never buy a car again. I don't want to buy a boat again. I just want to use them. And then I want to mm. pay for the usage. And that mm. will give uh, the companies incentives to change their, their business model. But they're still in transportation mm. or in clothing or in whatever. Mm. So that's what I see in 10 years. Yeah. Um, and uh, until that happens, I refuse to buy shit. <laughs> yeah, I wait. <laughs> That's right? very good. Yes, and more fixing the stuff that we already have instead of just yes. throwing it away. And that also gives us kind of a a boost. Mm-hmm. I have noticed that when you when you realize that you can actually fix the stuff, mm-hmm. it's. Uh, it's mm-hmm. very rewarding. It is. And and I actually, I don't think that we actually want to buy all this stuff. It's just a, it's boredom almost. Yeah, it's, it's like a, a hobby. Uh, yes, a hobby. Sometimes yeah. you want to have something new on because you have a presentation or you're going to a party, mm. but then you can borrow a dress from me, right? Yeah. And then it's <laughs> yes. new on you. So that's, exactly. that's also, you don't, it has to be just new on me for a while and then I can give it on. So passing things on, um, yeah. being more, yeah. Well, yeah. a couple of years ago, I I, I wished to get uh, Rachel Carson's book, uh, um, Silent Spring. So mm. my husband was looking for it, and of course, it's not in the book. You can't buy it anymore, and it was mm. it was not in the secondhand bookstore. So he found it in the library. So he borrowed mm. it, and then he wrapped it, and then I got it, and I was so happy. And of course, I read it immediately because I had to hand it back. So it yeah. was the best Christmas present. I yeah. got it read immediately, and now somebody else has the book, and that's yeah. the perfect. It's the perfect way of doing it. Yes. So exactly. there are new ways of doing things that give value, uh, and we just have to figure them out and move yeah. there really fast. 
yes, and, really and every day think about do I need to buy this stuff or or is this a good company that that I am buying from and are they trying hard enough what is my pension fund doing um mm. it, right now we don't want to have ride sharing but soon we will again does anybody mm. else want to ride with me in my car um yeah mm. sharing is caring yes exactly Okay, this has been great. Uh, we could have been talking for hours, I think. <laughs> but yeah, we I will. Think so too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, as we close uh, or uh, approach the end here, uh, what what is uh, what's in store for you? What will you do next now? And um, I guess you are doing a lot of presentations and, mm-hmm. and and going out to people. So how can they? reach you if they want the presentation yeah that's good that's good you're asking um feel free to ask me now they are online so i could do a presentation anywhere in the world and you find me on on linkedin for example christina with ch carl mark with c or on facebook uh, or on twitter um and when you, you just punch my name and you find me so please reach out i'm happy to do it for you i my i'm you know a sense of urgency i'll do more presentations and i will also go into the political arena to do presentations yeah. so I'm, I'm right now interviewing lots of people in different political parties because something that i also end with um in my in my list of what you can do you know put you know ask your politicians the one you vote for what they what are their solutions because all parties need to have a solution to this it's not mm-hmm. a green party thing it's only the green party that's been thinking about this for longer so all parties need it and that's something that i will uh, venture into besides the companies and the schools yes great you are a true uh, inspiration and i yeah. i just want to go out now and do more <laughs> presentations oh, great <laughs> i i have to admit i've been kind of in uh, after covid i haven't uh, done them online so i could have been better there well you you will in the future and you can yeah. sometimes join one of mine if you want to yes. and just listen yes, in. I will. Yeah. yes Absolutely. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. It's Thank been great. Amazing. And I will I, I will add all all your your information in the show notes so that people can reach you. Perfect. Excellent. And what everything everybody does makes a difference. So it's yeah. up to all of us. Right. Yes. Great. Thank you. So that's it, my conversation with Christina Karlmark. If you are interested in finding out more about the Climate Reality Project and how to take the training yourself, I really urge you to look into it. You can find information about it in the show notes. And also, if you are interested in getting Christina to do a presentation for your company or any other group that you are a part of, do not hesitate to contact her. And as she said at the end here, every little thing each of us does makes a difference. It's up to all of us. And please educate yourself. Because once we know, it's really hard to unlearn what we know. And the things you know more about, you will also care more about. As I said at the beginning, we will stay in Sweden for one more episode. Virtually, of course. So stay tuned and remember to subscribe if you haven't done so yet. Talk to you soon.